The Data Reaper podcast is a companion which provides extra insight into the weekly report found at ViciousSyndicate.com. Join us for a deeper dive into the numbers to help you improve your Hearthstone game. Hello and welcome to episode 153 of the Data Reaper podcast. I am your host, The Squash, and I am here, of course, with Zach O. How you doing today, Zach? How you doing, The Squash? Uh, I'm doing, I'm doing good. Um, we've had a balance patch this Monday, which is earlier than we're used to. And, uh, yeah, and it's Saturday right now, February 3rd is when we record this podcast. And we've had uh, pretty much five days of this format. I have a lot of uh, insights to provide to the listeners uh, as a post, uh, you know, early impressions uh, of the patch. Before our uh, report that's coming on the 8th, uh, this Thursday, there's plenty of time for, you know, remember, it's it's early impressions. We've got five more days until the report. Things can change until then. Uh, hopefully they do. But if not, then, uh, yeah, this, uh, this podcast will pretty confidently reflect uh, what's ha- uh, happening. All right. Yeah, it was a pretty uh one of the more controversial patches that we have seen, I think. And uh we're kind of limping towards rotation at this point, but hopefully maybe there are some wrinkles in here that will be uh some maybe some exciting developments. I don't know. We'll see. I don't want to spoil it too much, but uh so let's let's just jump right into the class that got um let's just say kind of kind of nuked it a little, a little bit. Let's talk about Druid. What's going on there? Yeah, there's definitely uh, there was some nuking going on there uh, with Druid. Uh, yeah, Druid got eviscerated. Um, straight up, d- ramp Druid absolutely butchered with heavy-handed nerfs that were crazy, crazy heavy-handed. Like just uh, you know, pedant. Let's make it useless. Uh, Shadow reflection. Let's make it really weak um yeah due process was the problem was the biggest problem but the archetype you know pissed enough people off uh and also druid was good uh, four months before uh after a mini set so we decided to completely obliterate the archetype um yeah uh, good job we obliterated it congratulations to the obliterators you've done what you wanted to do uh, which is completely destroyed the archetype because Ramp Druid is a tier 17 deck. Um, it just doesn't work anymore. Nothing works anymore. Uh, you can't win with it. You just sit there and you die and people figure it out uh, quite quickly. So players have mostly abandoned the archetype. The archetype currently has a play rate of between 1% and 2% play rate across ladder and that's going to decline further as people realize just how bad the ramp druid is it just really really bad there's nothing remotely competitive within like i looked into it i tried to search for you know alternative builds that might be able to 
keep the deck uh, competitive and there's there's just nothing. I think the closest thing that you can do with Ramp Druid right now is to go back to the top of your build uh, from before the mini set where you run like a dragon package. Um, you remember the top of your Druid from before the mini set, that list, that kind of list might be like high tier four-ish maybe. But other than that, uh, Ramp Druid is, is done. Now, is Druid completely done? No, um, but it did get nerfed. Uh, its other strong archetype was also nerfed, uh, Tree and Druid. Uh, and Tree and Druid is now pretty mid. Um, it's not bad, but it's kind of bad for an aggressive deck, right? Uh, aggressive decks... Are always gonna look a little bit better at like low MMRs. They're gonna they're gonna seem competitive, but once you step into the bottleneck of the climb, um, Ramp Druid is just uh, Triandrid is just not good. It's not good. It's sub fifty percent uh, where you know where things are very competitive. It's uh, it's very underwhelming right now, and uh, yeah, it's just not good. There, there's no reason to play it. There's so there's a far better option um, that also beats it very soundly in the direct matchup, which is Sludge Warlock. We'll talk about Sludge Warlock later, but yeah, Trandroid loses that matchup pretty hard. So why would you play it? Um, there's also Dragon Druid, which is popping up just a bit, getting a little bit more interest. Uh, as you know, the other two decks were kind of hard hurt nerfed, but Tra Dragon Trade was uh, kind of left alone. And you know, its play rate is still low because people are really not interested in Dragon Trade. It's not, it's not a deck that people are captivated by. But it is quite good against things like Plague Death Knight, uh, which is uh, a very popular deck right now. Dragon Trade has a good matchup against it, and it does reasonably well against the field uh paladin got nerfed so that helps dragon druid uh, and it looks mildly strong mildly but again it's dragon druid which is a deck with a very low skill ceiling extremely low uh so i would expect it to you know fall off at higher levels of play as time goes on and it gets exploited in some matchups uh, by better players so it's not a deck that i anticipate is going to be very popular. It will be competitive, and Druid will be competitive on paper. But in practice, the only really decent Druid deck is the one that people, want, I think, want to least to play. So that's the situation. In your history of like looking at the meta, which we're talking years and years now... Uh, where does this rank among like the all-time like class like we're just completely chopping it at the ankles kind of kind of nerf patches i mean i i can think of like sunken city warrior when like seven cards got nerfed or something all at once it just feels like one of the most dramatic fall-offs i've ever seen from one patch i think yeah this wasn't a balance patch this was a revenge patch this was not uh we're um this is not a patch where we're trying to tone down Ramp Druid to keep it competitive on one hand, but reduce the power level so that it it gives space for other strategies to to 
compete in. RamDruid's main issue was the due process Renathal build uh, was too strong in late game matchups, right? That was the problem. When you looked at builds that didn't run due process Renathal, they were not oppressive. They weren't even good. I'm talking about builds that ran Pedant, ran Shattered Reflection, ran all the Druid cards, except due process in a Renathal build. And those builds lost to Control Warrior. Those builds lost to Control Priests. Those, those builds lost to Removal. Druid did not have... It wasn't like in, you know, the Yogg days, right? In Titans, after the release of the uh, Fall of Ulduar, where Ram Druid dominated late game. Ram Druid, without due process, did not beat Attrition decks in this format. It was not a threatening component to diversification of the meta. The problem, the limiter of the diversification of the format was due process was the due process Renathal build. That build didn't allow you to play the game if you went late game, right? Against the Druid. You were forced to beat the beatdown because having the secondary fatigue win condition was what made Druid really strong. It wasn't just, like it wasn't enough that it had the ability to put out the threats, the Naga Giants, and, you know, with the Shattered Reflection combos, uh, with Eonar, all that stuff existed in non-due process Renathal builds, and it was not particularly strong. Um, the problem was due process, but because Ram Druid was strong and made people rage, and Ram Druid four months before also made people rage and was really strong, then out of, I don't know, revenge, the entire archetype got nuked. Now, I'm not saying that Team 5 decided to exact revenge but uh, on this deck and deleted it. But the, the motives to destroy a deck like that are not subjective motives. These are emotional motives. These are uh, being, uh, uh, being pushed, being influenced by, you know, the common anger about losing to decks, Right? If this deck was not Ram Druid, if this was like, I don't know, Shaman, if this was Hunter, if this was a class that didn't do what it did four months ago with different cards and a different, you know, landscape, if it didn't have the history, I don't think it would get butchered like it, it did. So in a way, that nerf was pure tilt. That was a tilt nerf. Like, uh, uh, Team 5 were tilted. I'm sorry to say, but that's tilt. When you make a balance change like that, such a dramatic, drastic balance change that just butchers an archetype, that's not a decision that you make, you know, where you're calm, collected, look at all the options, uh, uh, you, look, you, you gather information, you observe how this deck does without, for example, it's very easy. Just look at what the builds that didn't have Ramp Druid, that didn't have Due Process Renathal do. Look how they perform against other late game decks. And ask yourself this, is this archetype, without the Due Process element, is it that dangerous? And the answer was no. But because of the emotional baggage, because of the past experience of Ram Druid four months ago doing something unpleasant to the format with different cards in different contexts, but because of the history, then the decision was we need to make sure this is not good anymore. 
right? We can't have this deck stay good anymore because people mad. So we butchered it. Um, and that kind of revenge-based balancing is ultimately very short-term. It's a very short-term fix. It's just putting out fires of complaints instead of trying to make a better game. Because as you're going to see throughout this podcast, nuking classes doesn't necessarily make for a better game. Especially when you have a balance patch every three weeks, you make a balance patch every three weeks. If your, if your approach is revenge-based and you're just here to nuke classes because they've been good for a bit, right? Or they've done some un unpleasant things. You just nuke them. Then you're going to find out that uh, the format is going to become a barren wasteland because you just nuked everything. You derfed everything. Like every three weeks, you nuke something, right? And the end result is that a lot of classes are like floundering because three months before, you, you nuked them out of... Because people bitched about them at some point because they were winning and they were popular. Uh, so, so that's the outcome. And now Ramp Druid is gone. And Ramp Druid being completely gone has consequences. It, it, it took up space. People played that deck because they also enjoyed it. And now you kind of push them into other things. And those other things are not necessarily more pleasant to play um, against. So, so that's the end result. Ramp Druid completely destroyed. This will have long-term ramifications on the ability to make a viable Ram Druid deck in the future, right? It's going to force Team 5 to push new cards into stronger power levels in order to bring this archetype back, right? And uh, the approach of just nooking things and then something is just utterly devastated. And then you need to brute force power into a fewer new cards, right? into a smaller amount of cards in order to bring it back, it inherently causes, is likely to cause further imbalance, right? Because you're like, Ramdroid now is dead and we need to print new cards, new sets for Ramdroid to be good. And we need to push the power level maybe now higher because we destroyed maybe foundational cards that were going to be important uh, uh, throughout the next year for the Druid class. Yeah, it's like kind of a... <clears throat> It's kind of like a cyclical problem. It almost sounds like we're like Sisyphus trying to push the boulder up the up the hill, and we just keep falling back down, and we got to push the boulder back up the hill. It, for anybody that un understands that <laughs> that mythology reference, yeah. Like the 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 thing is, when you just butcher classes, you are forced to concentrate more power into the new cards you release in order to bring these classes back, and that inherently is more likely to create further imbalances where again, oh, the archetype comes back again and then people, oh, Ram Druid again does this thing and then it gets nuked into oblivion. So that's the situation. And the thing is, ultimately, Ram Druid is a popular historical archetype that Hearthstone players enjoy playing. So if, uh, like, if, again, if there was no Yogg four months before and you're just looking at it objectively at a with a calm demeanor that filters out all the noise that comes from the community about them screaming about, oh, Druid again does this, and you just look at things objectively, you would see very clearly in the data the problem was due process Renathal. The Ram Druid without that element was not offensive. So we could have 
done a rational thing, which is maintain, try to maintain that chill and keep it as a tier three, tier two deck. It could have done, it could have been done quite easily. And yeah, things would have moved on. But instead, we just deleted Pen because we can't have N uh, Ram Druids gaining 20 armor because of Nod Giant for another six months. We couldn't do that. We had to delete it. We had to make the card completely unplayable. We had to, out of all the different reworks we could have done for that card, we could have made it four mana. We could have made it gain armor based on health. We could have done about four or five. There were four or five good ideas that I saw about nerfing Pedden. Instead, we chose to make the blatantly butcher change, which we knew would kill the card. That's what we chose to do. Yeah, so, it's a, yeah. It's a really bad card now. Like, just straight up not even worth considering anymore. It's, it's yeah, insane. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. You can't play it on curve anymore because it doesn't do anything. It, it, it's it's three mana draw minion. Like, at, on turn three, you're not gaining life with it. Uh, like, it doesn't... It's awful. But, uh, and the Shattered nerf, completely unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. All ramp to it need, you needed to do was just make the due process nerf. Nerf pedant to gain armor based on uh, the, the health of the minion drawn. Let's say you, you draw Naga Giant, you gain eight. Three mana, gain eight, draw a card. Is that insane? No, I think it would have been fine. That does sound fine. Yeah, it would have been fine. You just make that change, and that's it. We're good. No due process. We're good. Ramtrade would have been inoffensive. I guarantee it. It would have been inoffensive. You saw it in the... We could see it in the data, too. That's what's crazy to me. But, yeah, Ramtrade's gone. There's a vacuum. Other things come in. Let's move on. We go to Rogue. Again. Rogue is crazy. Rogue is even crazier to me, the change. Because we knew... <laughs> We had a live test to Rogue on what happens if Velorock is doesn't doesn't work like it did. And Rogue Excavate Rogue was a tier four deck. On the 24 hours where Vel when Velorock was bugged, Excavate Rogue was a tier four deck. Now, even if you take into again, you take into consideration maybe people didn't know it was bugged and they lost games because they thought it would function when it didn't, and they kept it in the mulligan, fair enough. But clearly, the problem was Velorock. The problem was Velorock. Anyone who played that deck, anyone who played against that deck, knew that the power outlier was Velorock. That was the problem. Balance Velorock, and you would have a balanced Excavate Rogue. But again, out of sheer panic, oh, Rogue is doing this thing again where it's being powerful and annoying, and we gotta nuke it and make sure that it's weak so that people stop bitching about Rogue. And the end result is that we also nerfed Shadow Shambler. Um, and now Rogue sucks. Excavate Rogue sucks. It's bad. It's no longer... Doesn't seem like a competitive option. Uh, and now, you know, people are trying... There's some stuff that people are trying to do. There's a secret to build um, where I think Jombre did it, where you run like Private Eye with a secret package. Which shows some promise of, like, maybe Rogue could recover. Like, an Excavate Rogue with a secret package could recover. But, again, this is a different deck. And this isn't really what people wanted to do. And it's it's not even that good. So, so yeah, Rogue is kind of lame right now. It's, it's kind of bad. And, um, yeah. 
Excavate Rogue, its old iteration is unplayable. It's just garbage. It's tier four. And uh, you have Mech Rogue, and nobody wants to play it because it's Mech Rogue. And Rogue is back to sitting back, you know, and doing nothing uh, particularly meaningful. And there's a vacuum, you know. When that happens, there's a vacuum, and somebody else comes in. Like, it's not going to be you kill Rogue, you kill Druid. And now all the annoying stuff is gone and, you know, we're not going to have annoying stuff anymore because we butchered the annoying stuff. We're done, right? We, we finished. We mission accomplished. No, because as long as you keep nooking classes, there will be vacuums and there will be unpleasant things entering instead. And the people who complained about Rogue and Druid are going to find something new to complain about. Boy, have they. Which brings me to the next class. Yep, here we go. Um... Yeah, so we had Warlock, if you remember, the last report before the balance changes. We had a, a, a few very powerful decks. We had Ram Druid was powerful. Excavate Rogue was powerful. Sludge Warlock was also powerful. Sludge Warlock was actually the meta breaker of the, of the last report. Uh, we saw a lot of power and promise in that archetype and potential uh, room for improvement in that archetype through refinement. It was the best deck that was not Rogue and Druid. Uh, but Sludge Warlock, unlike Rogue and Druid, uh, didn't piss people off yet. It was just, you know, it was this upstart new thing, fresh thing, uh, that people were just uh, building and showing promising results, but people weren't mad about it yet. But people were mad about Paladin. They were mad about Tree and Druid being good for a while. So we nuked all the competition, right? We nuked, we had three good aggressive decks. We, we nerfed two of them. We left the best one alone. Like based on the last report, our conclusion, my conclusion was that Sludge Warlock was going to be the superior deck compared to Agro Paladin and Triandrid. But Sludge Warlock didn't have baggage, right? So it was left alone because people aren't pissed off about it yet. So let's keep it. Let's leave it the way it is while nerfing all of its competition. And what is the outcome? The shocking outcome, Squash, is that Sludge Warlock is now tier S. And everybody hates it. And now, <laughs> all the you nerfed Paladin, you nerfed Agro Paladin, you nerfed Tree and Druid. You basically pushed people. You accelerated people to playing this deck instead. You said, oh, we have three aggressive decks? No. We have one aggressive deck now. You can only play this, right? Look at the absurdity of the decision-making. When you hard-nerf Paladin, you hard-nerf Triandrid, you're basically doing the opposite of what you're supposed to do, which is diversifying the format. You're making nerf that reduce diversity because you're forcing more players to play one deck, and that deck is already better. So, of course, people are going to play Sludge Warlock, and of course Sludge Warlock is going to be tier S because you didn't nerf it while nuking all of its competition. And surprise, surprise, Sludge Warlock is super OP. And guess what happens? This is bad news for Sludge Warlock fans. Why is that? Because now Sludge Warlock is gaining revenge points at a very fast pace, like... It's pissing people off every day now because back, you know, it was an upstart. It was this new thing that was winning, but people didn't notice it. Now you can only play it like people are, only have the option to play it. They have no option. If people liked playing Paladin more, 
They don't really have an option of doing that because Sludge Warlock is now so much better. So they're playing Sludge Warlock. Sludge Warlock play rate is already over 20%. At top legend, Sludge Warlock is approaching 30%. Boy, are people oh going to get sick of that very fast. And the revenge points are going to pile up. And guess what happens next? We're going to nook Sludge Warlock. I'm so excited about the next patch where we nook Sludge Warlock. Where we could have just left Paladin alone or nerf it very lightly. Nerf Trent Druid. I don't think I would have even touched Trent Druid. But left kept those decks so that people would choose between the three and we wouldn't get sick of just one option. Instead, we nerfed two. We left one single best competitive option and now we're gonna have to nook that one um yeah that's that's the outcome sludgewater is super op the refinement the improvement to the refi through refinement that i anticipate would happen uh with this archetype is uh going very smoothly uh the build the forge build is really strong uh out of the two there were two builds that we've shown in the in the report uh in the last report uh, the Forge build is the superior one. Like, that's the one you want to play. Give or take one card adjustment, maybe. But that that list is very, very good. Yep. And it's, you know, I, in past podcasts, I was such a staunch defender of this deck. You know what I mean? But now we're at a spot where it's like I can't really defend the the way that this became a mainstream deck like everything you've been saying i don't i don't want a situation where sludge warlock is top of the meta because all of the other aggro decks get nuked and this is just the only thing and it's i don't know it's they're probably going to nerf it. it they'll probably hit like sludge on wheels or something i feel like that's the most powerful card in the deck that really enables kind of everything that it's doing but in in my dreams what we get soon is like a revert to a whole bunch of nerfs that have happened to things in standard uh they kind of do that pretty often right before rotation right so that that that's my dream but not not with cards that are going to stick around. They, yeah, they do reverts to cards that are rotating, so it like it doesn't it doesn't change that you know. And this deck doesn't rotate at all. Like Sludge right. Warlock, you have to remember, is a deck that all of its cards stay for another year. Yeah. So, uh, it's just the best deck right now, and it loses nothing in rotation. It's just in a perfect position to continue uh, dominating. But again, something that is strong is not actually in a perfect position because it means it's, it's going to get nooked into being an unrecognizable unrecogn deck uh, pretty soon. So I'm really looking forward to them completely nuking Sludge Warlock so that we have even less options to play with. Uh, and then, you know, um, we're just going to play more and more watered-down decks as we continue to nook classes every patch. It just uh, it doesn't work. This approach, it just doesn't work. Uh, and, and the thing is that the data, the reality that was in front of us was so obvious and clear. You saw that Sludge was already primed to be better than Paladin and Triandroid. But Paladin and Triandroid, I'm telling you, Squash, it just... We needed revenge. They were they were good for too long, and Paladin was was broken like a few months ago too, and we had to nerf that. And again, Paladin shows up and 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 is strong. How dare Paladin? We're gonna nook you until you're mid, and nobody wants to play with you anymore. That's 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 balancing. That's good balancing. But yeah, let's yeah, move it, on. Let's move okay. on to Death Knight. Let's move on to Death Knight because I was really looking forward to after the nuking 
uh, of, uh, of the annoying uh, uh, druid and rogue, you know, classes that are just, you know, fundamentally flawed and they're just never fun. And I'm just so looking forward to just nooking this so that we can enjoy the healthy, fun deck to play against that is Plague Death Knight. Absolutely wonderful deck. Nobody's ever complained about that. It's definitely not obnoxious if that thing is tier one and dominant and super popular. Uh, but yeah, Plague Death Knight looks dominant, looks tier one across ladder, despite the fact that this is one of the least skill testing deck I've ever seen in the history of the game. It manages to still be tier one, a top legend because of its domination of warrior, which we'll get to later, but it's a very strong counter to warrior, you know, late game warrior decks of all kinds, whether you're a Reno deck or not. And uh, yeah, there's almost no bad matchups for Plague Death Knights. It's just like it just beats everything or at least goes 50-50 with everything. It loses some stuff like at higher levels of play. Some of the matchups get worse. But yeah, the result of just nuking every deck out of existence is that suddenly Plague Death Knight is the best thing to do or one of the three best things to do. Um, yeah, Plague Death Knight uh, looking really good and um, it's as boring as ever, Squash. There's nothing interesting about that. So let's move on from Plague Death Knight because I'm going to fall asleep. Let's talk about the more interesting <laughs> Death Knight deck, which is Rainbow Death Knight popping up. Yes. Yeah, the deck that uh, you've been playing, Squash, and I've been playing a little bit um and i didn't hate it it feels a little bit like handlock so i kind of dug that yeah, yeah kind of dig it uh rainbow looks good like it looks very competitive now it's not as good as plague death knight and it falls off at higher levels of play pretty hard not necessarily because of skill but because the warrior population like there's a big difference between the plague death knight into warrior matchup and the rainbow death uh, uh, death knight into warrior matchup mm. plague very strong counter. Rainbow struggles against defensive warrior decks. So there's a big difference there. And Rainbow is not a deck that I would expect to be very prevalent at high MMRs. If you're on the climb, you're playing, uh, uh, you're not running into a lot of warrior, then the deck is fine for you. Like it, it seems to do a decent job and is very close in power to Plague Death Knight. As long, again, as long as warrior isn't prevalent. Once warrior starts getting prevalent, then Rainbow falls off. Yeah. Another kind of uh, compelling reason to look at Rainbow Death Knight is if you're running into a lot of sludge. I'm not saying that Rainbow crushes sludge or anything, not even close, but it does feel slightly favored. And I've I've had a lot of success against Sludge Warlock playing Rainbow, especially if you run Quartzite Crusher, just representing like plus nine health to your to yourself and you can use it to kind of race them pretty effectively. Uh, that's that's a good good card in the matchup for sure. You don't beat sludge. Ah. Well, I do, I mean, all right? <laughs> yeah, you had a good run. Squash happens to an individual. But generally, if you're playing against a player who is equal of equal skill, don't expect to win that matchup uh, more than 50% of the time. Um... Yeah, it's not it's not favored. You, you just spam little tokens and their 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 barrels of sludge hit hit my one ones and stuff. Like yeah, I, <laughs> but sludge is a very powerful deck. You're playing a death knight deck after all. Like you're oh, still man. very fair, and they do things that uh, can be unfair, like forge of wills into a waste removal, 
um, that, can be hard to deal with. That you, is you need, like, pretty nasty, yeah. <laughs> if you have, like, you need, sickly grime walker, that's the only real way to yeah, counter you, that. Yeah. Like, that's that's your main out there. Uh, if they do it late in the game, then maybe Reska can do something, but usually they do it turn three into turn four, and you kind of die. Uh, so, yeah, that matchup, again, it's close, but Rainbow doesn't, doesn't beat Sludge. Almost nothing beats Sludge. Um... And, uh, and yeah, that's that's kind of it. Blood, blood still sucks. There's no like it didn't get particularly good because of the the balance changes, uh, and that option is not really there. Have you seen? I don't want to dwell on this too long. Have you seen people experimenting with some plague cards in Rainbow Death Knight? I've seen people just slam like Helia and down with the ship in there. I'm a kind of curious. Yeah, people are trying to do that because they run into warriors. Yeah. So the thinking is, like, the plague cards are good against warriors, so we'll put some plague cards. But the problem is that the the plague cards themselves are not very... They don't work very well with the general strategy of the deck. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like, playing down with the ship, it doesn't... Rainbow needs to develop corpses every turn yep. basically yep. it either develops corpses or it spends corpses and cards like helia theoretically do well against warrior by themselves but helia also needs a critical mass of plagues alongside it and because of the rune restriction you can't play the full plague package in rainbow which makes yeah. the whole thing weaker right it's a warrior it's can weapon. deal with helia like if right. you play helia against warrior okay then you have three cards in your deck and you know that can be annoying, but Warrior can still kill you. Like, it can still win the game with a Helia. It's the fact that the Plague Death Knight plays, plays Helia and then a lot of other plagues alongside it that makes it really oppressive once Warrior gets to the end of their deck and, you know, you can't deal with all of that pressure that the plagues apply. Yeah, it's but, st- Staff of the Primus is the, the reason why I don't think that makes sense in Rainbow because that's a two unholy rune card so i mean that that pretty much settles that as far as i'm yeah. concerned you yeah. need you need a critical mass of plagues to make helia worth it at yeah. least my impression is i'll look into it but i i don't think i'll have helia in my rainbow mage deck in the report uh, next next thursday i don't expect that um yeah so that's that's death knight and uh let's let's move on to um to warrior hmm Warrior is very... There's a lot going on in Warrior. Um, so, there's there's two main archetypes that we're talking about. One is Reno Warrior, and the other is Control Warrior. Uh, Reno Warrior is on, you know, its normal trajectory of refinement that it started before the balance patch, right? It was trying to figure itself out. What is the best approach for it? Um, what cards work? What cards don't work? It's kind of doing expected the predictable learning that it currently does. Uh, there's no, there's no great developments there. Only the fact that you know you nerfed everything, you nuked Druid, you nuked Rogue. That helps Reno Warrior a lot. And when you look at Reno Warrior's matchup spread, uh, it's actually quite scary. In the sense where Reno Warrior kind of beats or goes even with everything except specifically the top two decks in the format, 
which is Plague Death Knight and Sludge Warlock. These two matchups are oppressively bad. They're bad. It's like between 30 and 35% win rate against those two. And those are the two most popular archetypes. So obviously, Reno Warrior is going to struggle and be like tier three, tier four. Uh, it's not a good deck right now. But if you take those two decks out, its matchup spread is tier S. Like if you if you just eliminated, let's say we eliminate Sludge Warlock from the format and eliminate Plague Death Knight from the format, Reno Warrior becomes a tier S deck, as strange as it sounds. Because since the late game of so many classes got heavily nerfed, nothing really beats a Bran on curve. Like you can't beat that late game. Like the late game of just Bran into a Highlander deck with a bunch of battle cries is super effective. Um, so when you look at matchup spread of Reno Warrior, it kind of goes even or favored against everything, but it hard loses to Plague for obvious reason. It hard loses to Sludge Warlock because it doesn't have the defenses of a consistent warrior deck to be able to, you know, fend off the aggression of the offboard damage and the, you know, things like the Forge of Wills into waste removal. You can't, like, it's very hard to consistently deal with that because you only have singleton answers. So Reno Warrior is a deck that's not good right now, but it's only bad because of those two matchups. Long-term, long-term, I'm seeing a deck that, you know, in the face of so many nerfs and butchering of other classes, is now shaking up, shaping up to be the next broken thing after we nuke Plague Death Knight, after we nuke Sludge Warlock, after we, you know, gather enough revenge points for those, we'll nuke them, and then Reno Warrior will become the next problem. That's what um, we're up against. Uh, and yeah, that's the situation with Reno Warrior. So Reno Warrior right now on the climb, don't recommend it uh, because of those two matchups, but... I can already see a future where it's really OP and people demand to nerf Bran to 7 mana. Now, the other archetype is Control Warrior. And Control Warrior has a more complex story because Control Warrior has multiple different approaches that people are trying. So, uh, the first thing that people tried early in the patch, first couple of days, was a Reno Brand build that kind of tried to imitate top your druid where you just draw your deck very aggressively, get to the end of your deck, activate Bran, you play Bran, then you play Boom Boss, and with the two mana, like you're at the, the end of your deck, right? So with the two mana, you can either play Stone Skin Armor or a Shield Block in order to trigger the bombs on the same turn you play Boom Boss. So... Instead of playing Gaslight, Gravedigger, and Audio Amplifier, the cute thing that Reno Warrior was was doing, you just do that. This is what this... Uh, because you have duplicates, so you have pretty consistent ways of activating Boob Boss, uh, the, the bombs, uh, once you reach the end of your deck. So that's... That's the first iteration. And you have a lot of draw because uh, that deck uh, runs Acolyte of Pain Aftershock, with it, uh, which is a really good, you know, board clearing card draw combo. Basically makes you draw four cards off of an Acolyte of Pain, which is pretty impressive. That is pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so that build looked okay. It looked okay, especially at high levels of play where... It made a bit more sense to play that, uh, but 
then other iterations came up that made me think, okay, we don't need this brand Reno thing at all. And which is just play full defense. Um, what are the popular decks right now other than Plague? You've got Sludge Warlock and at high MMR, Naga Demon Hunter is popping up. And against those decks, you want full defenses. So what is the best Control Warrior build? By far. Ec full Excavate, Renathal, Control Warrior. Like, full Excavate package, Renathal, Control Warrior. You have the new addition of Aftershock, which is very good in these matchups. That's the way to go. And that build, within that archetype, that's pretty unrefined. That build looks tier 1. Looks like one of the three best decks in the game at high MMR, alongside Plague, Death Knight, and uh, Sludge Warlock. And this is the only deck in the game, the full Renathal, uh, the full Excavate Renathal Control Warrior, that counters Sludge Warlock. Again, not hard counter, more of like a soft counter, very soft, soft as sponge, uh, soft as a sludge. But it beats Sludge Warlock more often than not. That matchup is over 55% win rate to the Warrior. So if you want to counter Sludge Warlock, that's the way to go. That's pretty much the only thing in the data that I identified that is the way to go. The Acolyte Aftershock uh, the, uh, brand Reno build loses to, like, doesn't beat Sludge Warlock. Uh, and it's not strong enough defensively to do that. This build does it. So this build looks much better as it stands. And if it takes over, then Control Warrior will look very good in the aggregated data. Right now it doesn't because, again, it's very unrefined. Do you think that the Acolyte with uh, Aftershocks thing should be going in kind of every Warrior deck? That sounds like a powerful kind of two-card thing to me. Yeah, but when you run Excavate, you fill your hand with a bunch of stuff. That's so true. Maybe mm. that... Yeah, like the thing is that the 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 deep miner brand uh, Reno build with duplicates that just tries to cycle as aggressively as possible really fills its hand and doesn't run excavates, right? Because um, if it ran excavate, it would like be hand clogged. Uh, when you look when you play um, full excavate warrior, um, you fill your hand. Yeah. Quite often. You don't run that much card draw because you're kind of a fatigue deck. So I'm not sure if Acolyte is the right thing to do there. I don't think it fits as well. Uh, because remember, like, you run Acolyte because you're super desperate. Every game, you want to get to the end of your deck. that Because otherwise, Reno and Brand don't work. Like, the only way where Reno and Brand work in a duplicate deck, and we've seen that from Druid as well, is not by playing a Reno deck with a bunch of duplicates, with some few duplicates. It's by running a normal deck with duplicates, full duplicate deck, but with incredibly fast-paced card draw to get to the end of your deck consistently every game so that they're active. Um, and that's what Acolyte achieves that. That's why I think Acolyte is in a unique position to be successful in that build. Yeah. But again, the full Excavate Control Warrior with Renathal is looks significantly stronger than the, you know, fast cycling warrior deck. Uh, even a top legend everywhere on, across ladder, I'm seeing this is just superior. And the reason why it's superior is because it beats Sludge and it beats Naga Demon Hunter. Ooh. That's a it doesn't beat... 
yeah, it beats Sludge and it beats Naga Demon Hunter. And Naga Demon Hunter is very hard to beat. You need to be very defensively robust. So um, that that obviously Plague, you lose whatever. It doesn't matter what warrior deck you play. You lose to Plague. Yeah. So that doesn't matter. But the Sludge uh, Naga Demon Hunter matchups are very relevant. So that's a situation. This is why Control Warrior with full excavate Renathal is the is the best uh, uh, approach there, and looks very very promising. We'll see how, you know, this archetype cleans up because there's a lot of cleaning up to do, and in the aggregate stats, it's not going to look good. Yeah. All right, you ready for the uh, the the speed run time of the podcast? Because we have six yeah. classes so, to go, and it's uh, it's kind of bleak. So let's let's hear about Paladin first. Yeah, um, we've, we've basically finished the podcast, and now we're going to talk about barren wastelands of classes that either got nerfed in the past to the point where they're not uh, good anymore, or they're kind of good, but nobody cares, or, yeah, basically. Um, Paladin, again, Paladin is a class, like, Agra Paladin is the type of archetype that is always going to be good at low MMR. Why? Because... It's simple, and it's got raw power of stats, and it's very easy to navigate because the way to leverage it is pretty simple. It doesn't need to hoard resources. It doesn't need to do elaborate decisions. It just needs to put stats on the board and kill your opponent, which is why it's going to stay good, decent. Again, low MMRs, but once you get high MMRs, uh, there's absolutely no reason to play Paladin. Because, um, and it's kind of bad too. Sludge Warlock is so much better. Sludge Warlock was already looking like it was going to be better than Agra Paladin before any nerfs. So now that there are nerfs and Ramp Druid also got nuked, which was the main reason why we were playing Paladin in the first place, then, um, yeah, there's no good reason to play Paladin. Paladin also, very crucially, Lost its advantage against Plague Death Knight. It doesn't beat Plague Death Knight. Really? So, wow. Yeah. Like, you can't snowball on Plague Death Knight anymore because the boogie down and slower and the Garden's Grace produces less stats. So those things end up mattering. And when you look at the Plague Death Knight matchup, you don't beat it. So what is the point of playing Paladin? Uh, there isn't. It mostly beats bad decks. It farms bad decks, which is why it's when it stays positive across most of ladder. But when it comes to the do good decks, it doesn't beat any of them. And the thing is, scope for improvement also tells me that this is going to get worse over time, right? Because Paladin can't get better. The best list is still there. Most people are playing the same 30 cards that everyone else is playing with the full excavate package. That is the best build. And there is no refinement. Other decks can still get better. So it might leave Paladin, like imagine Control Warrior gets better. In that matchup, I think if, if Control Warrior is refined, it, it, it should be able to beat Paladin. Yeah. When that matchup is right now in the aggregate, it's kind of close. It kind of seems close. But when you look at the matchup uh, against the best Paladin build, uh, the best uh, Warrior build, then it's obvious that Warrior is favored. So Paladin is irrelevant competitively. Uh, that's that's where it's shaping up to be. Priest, irrelevant competitively. Um, <laughs> um, there's uh, uh, Reno Priest is not absolutely 
god awful terrible but you have to think you have to remember arena priest is not the deck you want to run into plague death knight it's not the deck you want to run into like arena warrior does it even beat sludge there's no way right no it does not beat yeah. sludge so, so like... it, it kind of doesn't beat anything um yeah so <laughs> it's not good uh, there's also people are trying like overheal priest. It's not good. Naga priest is might be okay, but the play rate is really low, so it's hard for me to tell. It's probably pretty mediocre. Um, yeah, automaton priest not good, not good. Priest is is not good. Um, mage dead pretty much. Yeah, there was a, a little bit of hype that the light show bug fix happened. Uh, the the builds just didn't look that great to me. I imagine you're not seeing anything with light show, right? Yeah, it's 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 probably so bad that people haven't played enough of it. Like you play like two games and you give up. This is what I get from from that archetype, that light show, yeah. whatever that is. Um, yeah, rainbow is dead. It got. It's it's really weak right now. It's not really competitive. Um, Inquisitive creation needs reverted like yesterday. I don't know. There's That's, about honestly yeah. squash. Like I think like 70, 80 percent of the cards that were nerfed over the past year can be reverted with no negative consequences. It's actually insane. It would like be think pos about positive consequences. Like, <laughs> yeah, no negative. Think about Hollow Hound when we nerfed that card for. Because Hunter was good for a while, so it was time to, you know, nook it. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of kind of nobody cares to play it. Um, yeah, there's all sorts of things that you could you could unnerf and nothing bad will happen. Um, imagine we nerfed Sift, Sif, or imagine we nerfed Reverberation, or any of the other ideas that people floated around when uh, Rainbow Mage was kind of good and popular and people got mad to... So, yeah, but still, the nerf that they did still uh, killed it to the point where it's just not unrecognizable. So, Rainbow sucks. People are trying Secret Mage with, like, a Mantle Shaper. That also sucks. Um, Mage is a dead class. Uh, it got nuked. That's it. It got nuked, and it's suffering the consequences of that. Uh, Demon Hunter. Naga Demon Hunter uh, is the perfect example why you shouldn't nook decks that take up space uh, when they're not too offensive in terms of play patterns because the alternative is not necessarily going to be better. And Naga DH has popped up as mostly a top legend. You know, pretty much you're forcing people to play Naga DH. They weren't that eager. High MMR players uh, were not that eager to play this deck. It was tier one before the balance changes. It was tier one. Its play rate was still quite low. Why? Because people had more fun with Druid and Rogue and other stuff. Now you nuke Druid and Rogue, so more people are playing Naga DH. Now the irony is that Naga DH right now is worse than it was before the balance changes. Why? Because right now at high MMR, it's in the process of getting countered Hard countered by full excavate Renathal Control. That matchup is miserable for the Daemon Hunter. So you traded Ram Druids, which was a good matchup for Demon Hunter, for you know Control Warrior. The other thing that's interesting is that a refined Sludge Warlock that runs 
Forge of Wills with Brace Removal and Gloomstone Guardian is much better against Naga DH than previous iterations. So the Sludge Morlock matchup shifted, and now the Naga DH even slightly unfavored because Forge of Wills allows you to put so much stats in one turn that's really hard to deal with with a Sharpshooter turn, right? How do you counter Sharpshooter? You just put so much stats in play that the shots are less effective. They don't go to your face. They don't clear the board reliably. That's how you do it. And Forge of Wills, Waste Removal, Gloomstone Guardian gives Warlock that option, and that matchup is shifted. So Naga DH is not even that strong at high, high MMR. But people complain about it much more than they did before the balance changes. Why? Because more people play it. Its play rate um, is almost 10% at top legend. So it's popular. And it doesn't matter. Again, the win rate doesn't matter. It's the visibility. In this deck, when it's visible, it's obnoxious. And people get annoyed with it. So in your psychologically, you see it more. So you think it got better, but it didn't. Yeah, and they're, they're backed into a corner here. Because if you, if you nuke this deck, Demon Hunter will go down to like less than 1% play rate, right? Because there's literally nothing else in the class. It's a pretty sad state of affairs for Demon Hunter right now. Yeah. If you nerf this deck, then Demon Hunter has nothing. Like, it's a dead class completely. It's basically a dead class. Like, Demon Hunter, outside of high MMR, it's more popular among bots than it is real decks. Like, Oh, my goodness. In the data, if I look at the data, um, I have, by the way, guys, I have specifically, I was forced because of the surge of bots, I was forced to specifically um, segregate and recognize bot decks, which play like Chilwin Yeti and basic cards. <laughs> and I have them in every class. And bot Demon Hunter is more popular than every other Demon Hunter combined. Once you get to like, bronze through platinum like low mmr ladder nobody plays demon hunter unless you're a bot at these uh, uh low mmr brackets so yeah but demon hunter is not a relevant class unless you play naga which is mostly a top legend thing where it's obnoxious and people demand it to be nerfed and i understand why they want to nerf the deck i understand i don't like it i personally yeah, it don't sucks. like this deck it, it sucks, sucks to play against yeah. i preferred playing against druid and rogue than this deck same right Yep. Like what? Like if we just left Druid and Rogue viable, then we wouldn't be forced to face this deck so often. Like high MMR players didn't even want to play this deck that much. This deck was tier one before the balance changes and the player wasn't that high. But we just killed all other options. So they're saying, I can only play Sludge Warlock and Plague Death Knight and Control Warrior and Naga DH. So well, some of them will pick Naga DH. Uh, that, that's the, that's the outcome. Um, so let's move on because it's, um, we got the point across shaman, uh, irrelevant doesn't seem like the thing plague death knight just kills Reno shaman, right? Uh, plague death knight is not popular because of Reno shaman, but plague death knight is popular and powerful. And that destroys Reno shaman. It just, uh, the fact that control warrior is so popular reno warrior makes plague death knight really strong which collateral damage reno shaman uh you know gets gets knocked down by that matchup and uh reno reno shaman does not look good and other things uh 
you know, there's some totem shaman. It seems like a decent lander climber or like low MMRs. Totem shaman is. But nobody cares, dude. It has a 0.7% play rate. Uh, wow. It, it just no. And the 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 excavate package was just a complete whiff for the class. Too. Yeah, excavate I mean, shaman, full just... excavate shaman, which is more like an evolve shaman deck. It's kind of built like evolve shaman. It has a win rate in the 30s. Oh, I, I don't know. Oh, okay, I told a lie. It's not 30. It's like low bad. 40s, close, <laughs> but not not that bad, right? It's not. It's not as bad as Ram Druid is right now, but it's pretty bad. Uh, it's not. It's not functional. It's not competitive. So Shaman is just. Um, Again, you know, the Dr. Holiday nerf. It was the top wind rate card in a good deck. And there was no good way to nerf it. We nerfed it anyway because it was uh, good. But, you know, when you're when you're designing a Reno deck or a Highlander deck, the Highlander payoff is going to be the top wind rate card. And, like, it's good. like if it's not the top wind rate card, then what's the point of playing Highlander decks, right? If yeah. you design Highlander decks, you recognize that there will be power outliers right. in terms right. of draw. This is the nature of Highlander decks. So you either accept it or you don't. Uh, and in this case, it was not accepted and Reno Shaman sucks right now. Uh, and Shaman sucks right now. Hunter, Hunter is hilarious. Hunter is a class that looks pretty good right now. Uh, Reno Hunter... Like Reno Hunter is is pretty decent and Arcane Hunter is pretty decent, but absolutely nobody gives a shit. <laughs> nobody wants to play this class. Uh, it just it, it's as if it doesn't exist. You know, there are good decks, but if nobody plays it, does it matter? No, nobody wants to play Hunter. Uh, everybody's bored of this class and have has has been bored uh, with it for a while. For Hunter to be popular. Like we've we've reached the point where, for hunter for these kind of hunter decks to be popular, they have to be the best. Like hunter needs to be a power outlier in order to be popular. If there's something like sludge warlock in the game, that's way better than hunter. Like I'm, I'm like Reno and Arcane Hunter have positive win rate throughout most of ladder. They're pretty good on the climb. They do a good job. You can have a lot of success with them. But sludge warlock is so much better. So why would I play hunter? You know, when most people think that Hunter is boring anyway, right? So why would I pick this class when there's a Sludge Warlock? So there's no reason to play it. And so the, the low play rate makes sense. So that's the format. The format is pretty narrow. We did not accomplish diversity. We did not provide players with more options because we nuked a couple classes. Instead, we have a new tier S deck. Sludge Warlock is pretty much tier S. The only thing that can keep it down is specifically one build of Control Warrior that looks like it can have a favored matchup against it. Plague Death Knight is a meta tyrant. And yeah, that's that's the meta right now. Um, revenge based balancing gets you nowhere. It gets you nowhere. What can I tell you? Like, if you have a balance patch every three weeks, and every three weeks you just nook something out of existence, and you can't be surprised we're we're six sets, like we're in a six set format. That feels like I'm playing Twist, you know, Squad. I feel like I'm playing Twist, like old, twi like everything is watered down to the point where Sludge Warlock is tier S. Like, 
think how absurd that is. This deck, it does some powerful things, but is this a deck that, you know, in another format, a format from a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, would this be a tier S deck? Yeah, I don't think so. No way. No way. But it's tier S because we destroyed everything else. So this is the only deck. Again, why am I saying revenge-based balancing? Because if you look at it objectively, there are two paths to take, right? You either say we need to nook everything, and in that situation, you need to nook Sludge Warlock. You look at the balance patch. You look at the data from before this balance patch. And you see, Sludge Warlock is primed to be better than Aggro Paladin and Tree Druid. And it's already better at higher levels of play, which, you know, is very often a future, uh, like, it's a prediction for what's going to happen throughout the rest of Ladder as things refine, as decks get refined. Because Tree Druid and Aggro Paladin were like 30 cards, everybody's playing the same 30 cards. No refinement, no improvement there. Sludge Warlock was already looking better despite running a lot of suboptimal cards. Sludge Warlock was the better deck. At that point. So you either... So you recognize that if you nerf Paladin and Tree and Druid, what you're doing is you're funneling more players to play Sludge Warlock. Right? But we still nerfed Paladin and Tree and Druid and left Sludge Warlock alone. Why? Because Sludge Warlock didn't piss anyone off yet. It didn't piss enough people off. So our motivation is to nerf things not because it makes the game better, not because it diversifies the format, but because people complained about these decks. So we're going to just chase these complaints. One after every three weeks, we're chasing complaints and nuking decks that pissed, you know, that that reached a critical mass of grievance where it's time to die. Rogue, you've done enough shenanigans, time to die. Druid, you've done enough shenanigans, time to die. This approach does not make a better game. Yeah, it... it, it it feels very artificial and i will even admit here right now that in the past i have been one of the people that have had takes like this i remember writing out on the discord like hey rogue has been so good for so long it's fine if it's crap for a little while and i was wrong for making that take that is absolutely just not it's clearly not the right way to do things and we're just kind of like pushing things around and not it it what what i really want out of the game is for the developers to give us a sandbox where as you're never gonna have a perfect meta where all 11 classes are like equal that's just impossible but it doesn't feel like we're playing in a sandbox right now it feels like the developers are picking and choosing what they want to be good and at what time and it feels like we're being railroaded into into metas that it just doesn't feel natural, like the way that meta should develop. And I don't know, it's 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 kind of a doom doom podcast today. So hopefully we can find some... I mean, it has to be a doom podcast yeah. because this balance patch was historically one of the worst balance patch I've ever seen. Like every, like the metas, like we, we've reached a point where everything gets like... 
The thing that this causes, the revenge-based balancing that is so hard, heavy-handed, what it does, it just demolishes deck, the classes. And the situation is that classes take turns from being OP and being demolished. And in order to bring the classes back to life, you need to print busted packages to bring them back. And then the busted packages are really good, and then they get nuked. So a class like archetypes rotate between being completely destroyed and being too good. Yeah. Be and the reason why things are too good and it's so easy to be too good is because you have like six destroyed classes. You're just killing everything, right? And Sludge Warlock is tier S. If I am in, uh, we're at February. This is the last month and a half of the Hearthstone year. We're in a six set format and Sludge Warlock is the best deck by far tier S then did tell me that over the last year or two, you have just destroyed classes with balance patches that were not necessary. Like the balance patches were necessary, but the nerfs, like nerfing Rainbow Mage so hard, nerfing Ram Druid so hard, nerfing Paladin over and over again, like to the point where it's no longer good just because Paladin like three months ago was kind of busted and you needed to tone it down and the uh, like the community has a vendetta against paladin because it's been broken for a couple of times now and we need to punish it right or rogue with the shenanigans now we need to punish it stop punishing classes classes are the fabric of your game yeah like it's the fabric of your game you need all classes to be sort of viable yep. and if it's always scorched earth then this is a situation this meta right now is scorched earth and you know what? Arguably, the previous meta was also Scorch Earth. They just take turns. Classes just take turns between being Scorched and being functional, which makes them instantly OP because everything else is Scorched. Brutal. So uh, looking forward to maybe some hope. <laughs> maybe. Hopefully. Uh, we'll probably have a patch, not this upcoming week, but the week after. And we'll see what they have up their sleeve, right? No. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. I think, uh, I think, okay, so here's the thing. We had an expansion launch in mid-November. I expect the next expansion launch in yep. mid-March, which tells me that the next patch is going to be the pre-order patch of the new expansion. And pre-order patch are usually content patches, and I don't think that we'll have balance changes there. So I think we're going to have this meta for most of February, and there might be a balance patch in the you know, la uh, second half of February. So we're going to we're gonna be running uh, Plague Death Knight and Sludge Warlock for a while. There will be a report uh, on this Thursday. I'm hoping that we find some discoveries that help us, you know, increase the options that we have to play. Uh, but, you know, I'm not too optimistic about that. Okay. Uh, but we'll see. But I think that Team 5, like seriously, rethink what the purpose of balance patches are. And if you like, if if listeners are interested in what I have to say, and my opinions of what balance changes should be, go listen to episode number ninety nine of this Data Reaper podcast. If you listen to it right now, you would understand where I'm coming from, and it's actually it's quite a timeless episode where I talk about a different balance patch, and uh, the ramification of that one. But it's very relevant to what's happening today. Uh. uh the, the, the main point is that balance patches should, the, the goal, the goal when you're nerfing things is not to um, 
address complaints because complaints are always going to exist. The goal of balance page uh, balance changes should be to diversify the format. You need to make changes not to eliminate things that people got pissed off by. You need to try and tone down decks so that more spaces open up for other decks. That is how you diversify the format. And when you diversify the format and you have a lot of different decks, it's less likely that one deck pisses off everyone. Because if a deck isn't popular, isn't too popular, it's far more tolerable, right? When you nook classes, when you destroy classes, you're not contributing to the diversification of the format. You're reducing diversification. All you're doing is you're shifting complaints from one deck into another. Yeah. You're taking all the complaints from Paladin and Tree into it, and you're just shoving them on top of Sludge Warlock. Sludge Warlock now carries all the complaints, right? You're not contributing to reducing overall complaints in the format. You're not reducing the general amount of grievances of the format. You're just shifting things. You're pushing things. You're like, it's almost like you're, uh, uh, there's a garbage can that you need to empty. So you take the bag, the garbage bag, and you just throw it into the living room to get it out of the kitchen, <laughs> right? You didn't get you, you didn't get the garbage bag out of your house, and it still smells. You just moved it from the kitchen to the living room, and then people are gonna say the living room is smelly. And then what do you do? You take the garbage bag and you throw it into your bedroom. Like you need to. <laughs> Think about how to get the garbage bag out of your house and stop shifting it there throughout you your apartment because the smell, it doesn't matter where it is, it's going to be unpleasant. So th rethink, uh, <laughs> rethink that point. You're giving me podcast episode ideas now. I love to, to record the episode and then think about what I'm going to title it. And we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll come up with something. But yeah, um, on that note, yeah, we're just going to go ahead and wrap this one up. We have a report on the 8th, anxious to see if anything cool happens by then. But yeah, uh, thank you to everyone for listening. Hopefully there's some there's some light on the horizon, at the very least, rotation in about a month. I'm really looking forward to that, and we'll see what's in store for the future of Hearthstone. But until then, if you'd like to support the show... Be sure to subscribe via VS Gold on the website or via Patreon. Thanks to everyone who subbed and supported this week, as always. Thank you to Evil Dave for the podcast transcriptions, and thanks to Steven Sensei for the intro and outro. And that's going to do it this time. We'll see you guys in the next one. The Data Reaper Podcast is an official production of Vicious Syndicate. Don't forget to sign up and contribute your game data to improve the quality of the weekly Data Reaper report. Instructions are available on our website, along with lots of other weekly content at viciousyndicate.com. Thank you to all of our patrons and data contributors for proving their strength in numbers.